my brother says come do this thing. But then he logs off and I do not know where he is now. He says he needs a vacation. I am so tired. I just want to go offline. And this show. I don't know. My brother is an asshole. My brother has no honor. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast. A podcast. No, a podcast. Radio Lab. A podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show where Worf deals with euthanasia <laughs> since the last episode where Worf dealt with euthanasia. Yes. It's the yes. Harikari episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Back in about an episode called Sons of Moog. So good. Yes, this is the oh, Sons but of... With... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I'm, all, I'm all crossed up too, so go ahead. No, yeah, you... I'm sorry. Uh, with me, as always, <laughs> is James Nolan. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> and also Hugh Crawford. Hello. And uh, yeah, all that stuff I said before. And also Sons of Moog is the show. And who are you? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's He's, that too. He is, wait, wait, you were confused here. He's Sons of Moog. That's his name. <laughs> the episode, yeah. we don't know what the episode's called. <laughs> That's my new name. No, I'm, I'm Wade Bowen, which is Welsh for son of Owen, I believe. Ma Bowen, but yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> my name was originally O. Nolan for Of the Nolans. <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> This is a good uh, segue into, yeah, the the name of this episode is Sons of Moog, as we've said 50 times. Um, (laughs) It is episode 14 of season four. It originally aired on February 12th, 1996. We're on the downhill slope towards the end of the 90s here. Mm -hmm. The IMDb description is as follows. Worf's brother Kern asks him to perform a death rite to regain his lost honor. Meanwhile, Kira and O'Brien investigate Klingon activity near the Bajoran border, which happens for like five minutes. Yeah, but right. I, well, I mean, it, it develops more than you actually think. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I put this in the column of successful A B plot integrations. Yeah, in the show, really, yeah. I, I put it like I barely gave the B plot any thought until it it mattered. I guess. Well, yeah, because I mean, I remembered this episode. In the rewatch, you know, like, oh, oh, this is the one with, with Worf's brother. And then they got to Kira and O'Brien on a on the Yukon on a runabout. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's actually pretty consequential. And I thought it was integrated pretty well. But yeah. But the main thing you remember is, oh, it's Tony Todd again. As yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, n- you are not wrong in like putting all of your remembrances mm-hmm. into the Tony Todd storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I'm that I guess that was my point is that yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, the most of the emotional heft of this episode happens with the A storyline and the yeah, yeah. kind of the B storyline kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit in your memory when you when you look back. Yeah. Um this is another episode where you're like you have to be right off the bat you're in the weeds with your Star Trek and Klingon knowledge you would have had to pass klingon 101 <laughs> to uh as a prerequisite to understand this this whole episode yeah, it, yeah. it starts off they're just like oh it's they're in a fight what's going on and oh, you're talking about him and that yes 
Yeah, him and Jack Jadzia are, are in a cave, I guess. It starts off with basically Worth admitting that he hates the design of the Batleth and he likes breasts, which... <laughs> right, which are... That, that's why you if, love him so much. If everybody wonders, why do I like Worf so much? <laughs> he realizes that the Batleth is a ridiculous and dumbass instrument fun to fight with. And, and Jadzia looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he, he gets her and he's, Etch on! She's a Movek. He's like, oh, your mechleth is too advanced. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't need a large, intimidating weapon. <laughs> it just says that you have a small dick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was some double speak. That was kind of that is a classic argument. However, I find using a large and intimidating weapon like the batleth often leads to overconfidence. <laughs> You're right. I mean, this is the pretty much heaviest handedest of. Jedi and Worf are gonna fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah they don't leave that to the like. That is clearly like the end of the episode. They they. That's the end of the cold open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my outfit. Oh, uh, talk about overconfidence. There's like I see that you're using any distraction, and she's like, well, you had your own distractions. Well, first he's like, oh, you wore that outfit to distract me. She's like, fuck you, man. I can dress how I want you, creep. Not everything. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, and then Worf being the, you know, kind of prude that he is. He's like, oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. And then turns out he was right. And then she kind of steps real close. It's like, well, you have your own distractions with all that. You do try your shouting. own tactics of distraction. Growling. With all that shouting and growling you do. And then she does the uh, jaw on him with a broken bat lift. And he says, Movek. But in a, like a... Like in a in a slightly turned on kind of way. It was clear. Oh, yeah. It was clear in a way were, that they get a fuck. That scene was written. Uh, it was c- commissioned into the script by Iris Stephen Bear to see if they had chemistry. Well, there you go. And if it didn't work, they were going to go. Like I think maybe th- that might be the answer that we were looking for. That they may have put Kira and him together. Oh yeah. In scenes to see if they had chemistry earlier. And they didn't, but they didn't talk about that. They talk about that they put Dax in this to see if they had chemistry or not. Yeah. And they, you know, they do. <laughs> it works. Well, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say that him and Kira don't have chemistry. It's just like they have enough chemistry in a script that was written for Eddington. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and this is this is written as like, do you yeah. want to fuck me, Jadzia? Yeah, okay. Well, that was the next choice. They were going to go really bold and go Edd- Eddington and Worf together. <laughs> Check the chemistry there. Yeah. Man, the letters they would have got for that, I think. That- mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm just, I'm just taking a moment to think about that. It's like, oh, okay. That would be that could have been really consequential later on. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. He Eddington's kind of balding a little bit, like that high uh, forehead ridge. He does uh. have. Yeah, yeah. It would. Uh, it would be. Uh, it would be a head turner, and people would have to talk about it on the show a lot. It would be interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I need to see a sexual side of Eddington. Well, we haven't really like. Are we into this episode? Like, we usually take a minute to like. Give give broad strokes. Oh, are we into this episode? What are you? Oh, you're gonna ask me right off the bat, huh? I'm, I am. Um, I wasn't feeling it this time around because <laughs> I know that this epi- <laughs> I know how this happens at the end, and like I know. Wait a minute, know you are you you know I knew you, you feel like you know how I feel about the end of this episode. I do. Really? I do. I think that I think that it is. Uh, I think it ends fucking atrociously. 
in an in a ethical way. I think it's uh, an ethical like land like uh, minefield. Uh, okay, has like, like do you want to it's save a, it? For not, the we end? had the literal. Yeah, we can save it for the end. But I think it has a literal landmine in the show, and then it ends in an ethical landmine mm. uh, that that people just walk right into. Don't seem to. They do, seem to and face no one certain seems people. to have a problem. Right. Okay. <laughs> then they. I guess. I guess I am a little bit predictable. And <laughs> And how I feel about well, it, well, yeah, it went bad in your in in your in your special workshop that you built on this podcast, <laughs> right? Of critiquing <laughs> the ethics, the professional ethics of of Julian Bashir. Right, right. They sort of just like <laughs> sure, well, okay, oh, okay. Like, so in that in that rubric of yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. You can add this to his list of medical crimes. All right, but but before we get to the end, there, <laughs> yeah. how do you, the episode in Toto. How do you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. I really like this episode. I, I like this episode yeah. until the ending. There's mm. some, yeah. This was I. I don't know. I was fine on it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. There were some great moments. Of, you know, right off the bat, highlights. Boom, the Odo Wharf stuff again, bringing it. One of the best, yeah. mm-hmm. some of the best stuff. Odo being a guy who's like, you know, I'm going to collect my debts. That whole scene was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll do you a favor. Oh, but not like, I'm not like a Federation type that'll just do the, you a favor because I'm a nice guy. It's like, oh, I'll collect on that shit. Like, and it's like, it's just every, it's like their relationship is just settling into a Odo doesn't like Worf. What? And it's a little bit that they're the same. What? Yeah. What? I, I, I think that they don't like each other. No. Do you think they do? I don't do? think that at all. I don't think that after that last episode where he's like, oh, what you got? They just, they respect each other. They both I'm not know saying, they're uh, both curmudgeons. I don't know. And he's just like, oh, you know what? Yeah, the thing you got to do is be a dick to people or else they're going to like want to talk to you. They had that you. bonding scene, but then as that episode went along, remember, where Worf was, was constantly sort of there catching Odo's failures. And I think Odo's probably the guy that nurtures the resentment. I just think he was a bit dickish yeah. about like, well, like... I think I think Odo is... Odo's going to catch his own failures and take it... He's not going to hold it against Worf. He'll beat himself up over it. I'm just saying that everybody... Like, there was two people. Cisco, I get. Odo is a little, a little rough to Worf for killing his brother. <laughs> for attempting to kill his brother. Oh, think, oh in this episode. Yeah. yeah, and I think that a lot of that came from, from some sort of a personal animus i don't know i don't think they like each other i just don't think they wow. and i like i didn't that. get that at all i i, mean, I, I got that the, there's a lot of respect there and and i do think that they do like each other in so much as they're a, allowed to like another person that they work with right and they both know that they like being rude and and kind of like not sure polite. yeah they're like oh i can be addicted to this guy because it's all about just like yeah i'm not saying that but, but I, I i yeah you're right yeah i mean he, he calls him he calls him up after the holodeck thing with jedzia he's like or if we need you up here right now, there's a Klingon mm-hmm. being an asshole. <laughs> and I get that he doesn't just like Klingon's disorderly ways. I get that that's an irritation to him. Yeah. That's de- desperately in his character. I, it just seems to me that like, like not everybody has to like Worf. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and not everybody has to like each other. And I think that that's a, 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 a bit of a, a bit of a show towards that, I guess. Huh. That's interesting, but I, that's the way I felt. But if it, it wasn't unanimous, then maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into. Yeah, something. we'll see. I will definitely. It's something to keep an eye out for, mm-hmm. like as this, as the series mm-hmm. goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he hates him, and I don't think he's like looking for like a chance to put him and kick him off the. You know, I don't think it's like a blood feud. I just think it's like a low grade. I don't. 
You know, like, have you ever worked with a guy where you're like, that guy's a good guy, he's a hard worker, he's a good friend to his friends, I don't like him, you know? And I think that that might be just just the kind of relationship they have. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not picking up with that at all, but I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those things where they're so similar to each other that they rub... Right, right. They rub each other. Yeah, I could see. So I could see how that. Yeah, could, yeah. I could see how that. You know. You know that could come mm. up later on the road. It reminds me of myself. I hate that. I don't guy. like. I don't like being around people like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. Well, that's not, never mind, no. <laughs> I hate my brother. No, I, I don't. <laughs> the <laughs> which one? All of them. The no. episode <laughs> kicks off with a. That's not true. With either. a with Odo or somebody calling War. Was it was it Odo who called it's Warp? Odo. Yeah, it was Odo calling Warp. Me like there's a drunk cling. There's here. a drunk Klingon asking yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. There's a drunk Klingon, mm-hmm. and then yeah, there's this guy. There's you miserable Korats. <laughs> and it turns out to be Kern. And right. you know this, I. I need you to do give me mock tovar and passes out. I guess. And then he's doing, and then he's sobering up, and he's doing this weird, just one spider motion yes. over his head. Like, is that what drunk Klingons do in the morning? Mm. I don't know. It was weird. I think he was dreaming. He was having one of those booze-induced nightmares. Oh yeah, yeah. Just the things he was doing with his hand in front of his face is a minor two-second thing. Like, what is Tony Todd doing? I don't. Tony know. Todd. Like the, cause, cause we got to see him play Jake Sisko earlier <laughs> yes. in the season. So yes. when yeah. he comes to, his performance of Jake Sisko is, is, is appropriately kind of stiff and, and sort of placid. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, playing it like Avery Brooks is, is sort of, you know, mm-hmm. like Avery Brooks is vocally kinetic, but not like his, he's not a live wire on the set. But to come in as, as Mo, or he's come in as Corn. Kern. Kern. Because I'm his corn. <laughs> What's a corn song? Oh, shit. I need to. I don't know shit about, like, yes, ni- late 90s <laughs> hip hop rap, but a rock band. Yeah. New yeah. metal band. No. Um, so it comes in as Kern, is, and he's just so jumpy and energetic and, and, and so full of energy that it, it is, uh, it, it's, just, it's, it's just cool. I don't know. Tony Todd's really good in this show. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we're going to that scene. In the bedroom about having to perform the the harakari or whatever Mok- it's called. What's it called? Moktavor. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing the thing, and then and Worf is like, "Drink your antifreeze." So yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's Gatorade, maybe. Yeah, and then how full of anger and, and love that that is that scene is is so interesting and it was this is a Ronald D. E. Moore script, so it's my favorite writer writing the show. Mm-hmm. And this and the and how good those two actors are with that dialogue and it's complicated like emotionally to where he's he's really bitter towards Worf but he isn't yeah yeah he's not like blood like he doesn't hate Worf right like it never gets to that point in this episode right Worf is still the elder brother he's my big brother yeah and, and even the up. fact of the last scene is like the most nurturing and caring between them after all the shit they go through where he's like I wish yeah, we, yeah. we will get to but yeah. just I wish we were but like how good those Three or four scenes are in the episode between those two. It's pretty great. Right. I don't know. I, I, I thought I thought Tony Todd specifically was great. I think he brought Dorn up yeah, a yeah. higher level. Sure, but I guess he, here's my thing. is It's just as far as his story is, here's the arc. Dude shows up and he's bummed out. He wants to die. Second act, he can't die, but he still wants to die. <laughs> Third act... 
they have a workaround for for it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate the way the episode is. Okay, but um, even even yeah, so, I mean, it's part of it. It's part of this whole Star Trek kind of. This is their culture, and we have to respect it. I think that you're. That's that's the thing that you're. You're sort of. I'm talking over, from a that pure they're... TV watching point of view. It was just a depressing episode. It was it. Oh, oh, it's oh, definitely oh, it's that. depressing. Yeah. Right, right, I'm not right. saying it's not depressing. So whenever I'm gauging like my enjoyment of it, it was like an emotional. It was a. It was more taxing than than the usual Star Trek episode. Fair. I agree. Yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. It's a bummer. It it's a bummer. Have, but it doesn't episode. have a happy ending. Yeah, it's a bummer of an episode. And let's just be it, the satisfying ending that could exist somewhere. If I thought about it for five minutes or ten minutes, if or you whatever, thought about it, it's I'm probably, all about you trying to fix this by the end of this podcast. Trying to like they. <laughs> dig themselves in a hole i mean yeah. right i mean the minute cisco lays down lays down the law expressing mm-hmm. that there's only so far he'll go to support cultural diversity yeah i want to talk about sure mm-hmm. i want to talk about that because this whole thing yeah, is that like, scene is pretty that's great. basically yeah. where we are anyway i mean he, the guy, he guy shows up drunk he wants Worf to kill him. Yeah. Dax figures it out because, yeah, because of some shenanigans with Quark. Right. And, and let's be let's be clear here. Worf does fucking kill him. Right. <laughs> Just the time for them to bring you back. Right. It's it's I mean, in the culture, it's like he doesn't have a reason to be alive. He is dead as far as all the other Klingons want. And if we're, you know, doing it from a um <laughs> Margaret Mead kind of uh-huh. <laughs> cultural you know like oh we were just going to accept their cultural mores is that's them we're not going to try and impose our own kern is in the right he doesn't have anything to live for and Worf has fucked him over like royally yeah because Worf, and that's his whole point it's like you have the federation you have these comfy beds and even the furniture or show like your weakness and your way you've accepted these human ideals and stuff and then Worf is like, uh, I, I, I feel bad. I'm sorry. And it's like, see, you even regret. You have remorse. You are. You're, next thing you're going to apologize to me. <laughs> how many human weaknesses do you have? And it's like, oh, I was like, hey, you'll be surprised how many I have. Just wait till the third act. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And, but so the House of Moog has been killed and is no more. And so he's like, he's cast out. So I think that like, you can't like look overlook the, the, the sort of cultural, the diversity question in the episode is that in their culture, Worf owes him something that his current culture can't afford him. So it is like, it's a very interesting sort of dynamic. And, and, and I like that, that in the moment they got, he got Worf to do it. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, you know, Dax sort of prevented that from happening. And I guess you're supposed to think it like if Dax had not asked about the Adanji, then all of a sudden, like, Worf would have been in jail in a Federation prison. Yeah. You know, that that's how that's that's how his character ends. <laughs> that's the end so, of Worf. Uh, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's an interesting sort of parallel. But yeah, it's it's an interesting question. And I don't know if they answer it. And it's good that they don't answer yeah. it. But like it. it Sure, sure. And I like that Cisco played the hard edge, which is what we're about to talk about. Well, now, wait a minute. I think they do answer... I think they do do the, ...the validity of the practice as far as they're concerned. I think the show has a point of view, and they express it through Cisco's vehemence. I don't know uh, if know, they do. I think he's got his... I think they express his point of view pretty well, but I don't know if Cisco 
is that's a clearly the show's the point of view because they they drop it after that pretty much it's not it's not even an option right. oh that that they do kill him no that 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 they shouldn't kill him like whether they should or shouldn't seems to be well, he's, is isn't a question that they continue to ask well cuz they're they've got orders that they can't well, and I mean, but the orders come from the Federation. Everybody hems and haws about the, you know, the Federation. And I think that that's because Worf is subject to the Federation. Sure. He's a member of the Federation. And I think that that's like Star Trek Deep Space Nine's point of view, because they don't deal with it anymore. Like as a show, as a TV show, they don't deal with whether or not they don't unpack it at all. They just move along to the problem of the okay, second act. But they do show that people like Jadzia is like, sorry, man, I shouldn't have done that. It was a murder. And Worf is like, well, you know, at the time I wanted to do it. And then his Federation ideals kind of bleed back in where he's like, oh, I, I wish where he, he's like, yes, you're right. You know, okay. Captain Sisko, Okay, real but, quick. Hands on the table. Should he have killed his brother? I, I think he probably should. I don't know. I mean... It's icky. I don't know. I would have. I would have liked to have seen the show become about something else, which is whenever your beliefs that you've been raised on are so toxic that they'll literally kill you, because that is a thing that happens to people in real life. Yeah, and that's what he's. Yeah. And that's more interesting to me. Yeah, and that's why you you don't show like a Mormon kid. So wait, you want you want to, you want him to have like a Christopher Hitchens moment. Where he's reading like God is not dead well, or something. Well, I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. well, not I felt like they don't they go out of their way to not say that the Klingon way is wrong. They just say that we don't do that in the Federation. Sure, which is a and Kern and the and the whole plot hinges on the fact that Kern never his values don't change. He's just his values also have to do with honor and and respecting the elder brother, which is a thing that. I guess Quark, the Ferengi had in common with the Klingons too, where yes, elder brother, you're the person that holds all the honor, whatever you want to do, I'm going to do because that's what I'm going to be as a good Klingon. So Tony Todd Kern kind of even accepts that after Worf stabs his brother right in the chest <laughs> with a big ass <laughs> knife. And Julian, it's like, oh yeah, he'll be better tomorrow. So in that sense, Julian's a good doctor. He, he, uh, he gets him cured up. Don't, don't, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, that's just Federation medicine. Okay, no, okay. So, so he's, he'll be on his feet tomorrow morning. Now that we're in this moment. So we're in this moment here. So like, I kind of want to stick with it. I, I think that a better, a better from a, a more satisfying solution, which is I think what we all want, specifically what you want, Hugh. But you can't do it because it's Tony Todd and you can't pay him every episode. But if like you left this open-ended for a little bit, or sent him on an actual mission to save the Klingon Empire so he could clear his name as a good Klingon Well, again. that's my whole thing, is that everything with their honor is so subjective. And it was like, where's the wiggle room here? Like, why can't he go and try to, like, bring honor back to his house? Like, I don't understand. I like that it's fucked up and, like, war fucked things up and you can't fix it. You can't unfuck it, the situation. So... His brother's just in the wind, drifting. It's also a little myopic because his family was dishonored and Worf saved. I mean, I know this is going back to TNG and they can drag up all this bullshit. But Worf saved his family's name. Right. He reinstated his right. family's right. name by backing right. Galron. And then they... So Moog and Moog got a place on the, the, the Klingon council right. because of the actions of Worf. Right. So all good and all bad that's happened to, to Kern in the last t 10 years is all Worf's doing. 
Sure. So there should. But before, he was just a good. He was a Klingon of not well respect, and they were a little bit of a of a of a broken house. But he the dishonor was not on him. Right. Where this was like that. Moog had to back. Kern had to back Worf's play. So he he was forced to defy Gowron. Right. As his personal, yeah, he went against him. Yeah, yeah, and then they took all his lands, all their, all their everything from him, and dissolved them, and said basically, you're in the eyes that you're no longer Klingon in the eyes of Klingons, you know, mm-hmm. and that's all that there is for them. And so, yeah, I, I get Kern's kind of point of view. I get it too. I, 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 I mean, I don't, but I mean, you know, from trying to be like a. Like, oh, well, that's that's their culture. They're fucking aliens. I, who am I to impose my culture on they, my views? They put it, they put, I mean, you know, Ronald D. Moore wrote himself in a situation where Worf can't, where the problem is, is that Worf has dishonored his brother, but by no mechanism allowed in a 40 minute plot line can Worf regain the honor yes. he took from his brother, except through bullshit. Right. <laughs> except through bullshit, which is what we have at the end. Well, that's the thing. He never regains his... Yeah, th- that's what I like about it. It's like, there's no real... Okay, we so can't, you're on record as liking the ending of this episode? I I mean, it's a bummer, but I like the fact that I'm they, okay with... I'm, I'm, I'm okay I, with TV shows being a bummer. Like, I, I, I'm okay with, like, not having a clear-cut resolution. Yeah, yeah. This was different. This was a deeply unsatisfying head-scratcher of an ending for me. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, let's get to the second act real quick because there's some good stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after it's clear that he cannot kill his brother, they try to give him a job. So Odo, like we said earlier, <laughs> gives him a job as a Bajoran officer, and we see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. Which is just a wonderful, yeah, I don't want to say it's a vision, but you get the very funny visual image of Kern in the Bajoran in uniform. Odo's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was, that was, that was awesome. And he looks like he's in some sort of like, when he wears it, it looks like some sort of Klingon pajamas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice onesie. Uh, yeah. Cause it's drab, you know, it looks like something like if a yeah, Klingon yeah. was like pretty pretty going camping, it would be, it would slip into that and <laughs> Get a sleeping bag. Yeah. In fact, Tony Todd's character might keep it just for that. Or Klingon, they're like Klingon yeah. OR scrubs or something. Right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and Worf is like, sorry, I couldn't kill you. He's like, for a moment in your quarters during the ritual, you were Klingon. You know, when you had that knife in my chest and they make him a security officer and he's, and, you know, we, we talked about Odo. is like, oh, I'm going to call that favor in. Well, he goes in and uh, and then Odo's like, oh, well, he's only killed four Boslicks today. And Worf is like, what? what? He's like, come on, get a sense of humor, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of that was a nice moment where Odo was. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, and Kern is like, cute. listen, brother, I'm not, I won't disgrace you. And then he tries to do suicide by cop, basically. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Not a cop. The opposite just, of that. Suicide by criminal. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then Odo's like, well, I can't have that person. He's going to get somebody else killed, too. Sorry, fuck him, he's out. And I still get my favorite. I guess we need to do the B-plot for a minute here, just to get to this moment of what what happens next with Kern, is that the B-plot is uh, O'Brien is boring the hell out of Kira, and she fell asleep. (laughs) Kira, she's been sleeping. I never sleep for seven hours. Or maybe I wrote in my notes that, like, yeah, she's like, I never sleep for seven hours. And I was like, she's having trouble keeping up with Shakira. 
currency. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And then O'Brien is like, well, is it the company? Sad sack. Yeah, yeah, sad sack is <laughs> the like, company. Yeah. And O'Brien, uh, they notice uh, an excuse to do t- uh, techno babble. Oh, yeah, yeah. But basically, they notice that the residue of something weird going on right outside of the borders of of yeah, the Jordan space. They go and investigate it a second time. So just like a, and a Klingon ship comes out and says that they need help. They have birds. A Vorchok class. Yeah, the IKS Drovana. It says, go away, but we need your help. Yeah. And they're like, sorry, we don't have any med bays on the Defiant, but we'll tell you to DS9. And they're like, okay. Yeah, so they take them, they drag them back. And then while that time, they're using all this information to try to figure out. And they're pretty nice, like, wartime because it's a wartime plot i kind of like that Mm -hmm. they they find like a legitimate interesting anomaly that's probably involving the war and they got to go solve it so there's like a like a nice little recon moment and they have this scene where they all get together and start debating what it is and they realize it's probably a minefield right that they're mining the the operation and that that is the klingons taking the war to the next level so then and they're like what can we do and then Worf is like, I know, I will shave my brother even further. <laughs> and and he's he's my little brother, so he can't do anything about it. He'll say yes. I'll get my brother to do more crooked shit. Yeah, and so they both sneak into the ship while it's there. And Altered their DNA. They, there's this nice moment. It's a little moment that Tony Todd does when they're having to put on back on Klingon warrior outfits. Oh, yeah. To sort of go on to that. And he looks at his and he's quite like he's just like happy to be back in it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He gives it a look, and it was like, okay, that's that's nice and depressing. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they go on the ship, and uh, someone gets a drop on Sorval, son of Mtokra, <laughs> yeah. comes in and says, "What are you doing?" And Worf is like, "Well, okay." And the high grounds the guy, and, and he thinks he's okay. And then Kern just like, "Bam, kill that <laughs> motherfucker!" And Worf is like, "Why'd you do that?" Because Worf, yeah, it's no longer Worf. No, it's like. Worf is it's just Worf saying no don't do that Worf does, yeah and he, I guess he lost these special X-Men power that Klingons have to know if they're about to be killed or no right. they have their bio, their bio it's because all that hair's getting in the way <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> they're biogenetically engineered if we evolved all those extrasensory organs we'd uh, pick that up what are we talking about oh go listen to a Discovery Home Companion yeah. <laughs> so that's a nice Sort of, and then basically, so it's a, this realization, and this is where you bring on this almost third plot, I guess, or third emotional beat, where is Worf Klingon anymore? Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. probably why they wrote this episode to begin with, right? To answer that question, but it's drowned out over all many, uh, all kinds of other ethical dilemmas in this episode. Right. Yeah. And Jadzi is kind of playing the the like, hey, you couldn't have known. He's like. Yeah, no, I could have. I'm a I would, Klingon can tell, see it in their eyes when somebody wants to kill or whatever. And it's like, you can't do that. It's like, well, a Klingon could, but mm-hmm. it's an instinct. And I've spent too long with the humans. He he was right next to me and Kern saw it from three meters away. And yeah. So he, I guess at and that Kern. moment, it expedites the idea that Worf needs to do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and solve the problem and brings us to this scene, <laughs> to his bright idea. <laughs> Or it's Jed Zia's idea. She's like, Fuck. or who we don't know. He's like, well, there's one thing you could do. You could re, you could delete his hard drive. <laughs> yeah, well, and I don't think it's as as a dumb solution as as you guys might. I don't know. I I actually I think it's a, a like, I think it's an egregious ethical 
Because they don't get him to consent to it. By the way, right? They don't well, explain. Not... They don't explain it to him. Well, and he it... would. Be... Well, my whole thing is it's kind of Worf fully betraying the Klingon and him being like, you know what? I don't think it matters if my brother is my brother because of his beliefs. It's all. If he were a fundamentalist Klingon, he'd be like, oh my god, I just fucked my brother out of Stuvacor. He's never going to cross the river of blood now because he's not even the right family or something. Yeah, but. He, he gets to make the decision for him. It's like, well, he'll be happier this way. He won't be trying to, you know, the guy's got to, he's, Kern is going to keep doing, finding ways to kill himself. Well, I mean, unless, unless can, you can create a, a a character arc for him where he doesn't. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. They wrote themselves into a corner and then it forces them to do this egregious medical ethical violation. Right. Yeah. Not getting and... him to not getting him to consent to ha- having his memories wiped. It's it's an insane thing. Sure. It's insane to me that they they this like that Starfleet will be like killing no. Okay, we'll wipe his mind without him knowing. We'll take his full. We'll just take his agency away entirely. Yeah, we'll that's kill him. sort of we'll just, weird. It's yeah. it's weird that they got a, another Klingon family to go along with it. It is. Kind it's of, weird that the the Federation. Yes, that idea had the idea. Everything about it is is so bothering to me. Well, it's so glossed over because it happened so quickly. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I guess it's it, like I think Bashir's only line about it is, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Yeah. Are you absolutely certain about this war? What is it, Bashir? Why didn't someone ask him? Are you sure you want to do this? Right. Because this is the end of your career, buddy. <laughs> but I guess no, it's... but the older brother uh, said it was okay. He has... He <laughs> so does... Well, he's, sure, he's, I guess. He's the, he's the guardian. He's the legal guardian of this minor who's like 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that is... You can extrapolate wildly. Is it okay to steal slaves, but if you wipe their brains, then send them, like, is that fine? Is it, I mean, there's all kinds of shit you, you can theoretically do with this situation, and it, it's just not cool. No, yeah. And there's no, and I, I watched it twice thinking, like, I maybe I missed something. Right. Maybe they yada yada it in a way where, like, like but they don't. Nope. Like, yeah, well, that's just, may, maybe we can find a way to kill him without killing him and they kind of did <laughs> but he asked to be killed killed because for religious reasons too yeah he didn't act like sure just because the guy wants to die doesn't mean that it gives you permission to do something they should have they should have else to him thrown something in where he has a choice to do it or not and goes back and forth and finally says okay i just can't um, if he if they had a scene where kern was like Look, man, I, this is wrong. I don't believe it, but you know what? <sighs> Fuck, I can't live the way I was, so fine, whatever, do it. I would still feel conflicted about it, but at least he would have a choice in the matter. Right. Okay, how about yeah. this? How about this? Well, they're going through the files, because they have to sneak in the files of that Federation, or that Klingon ship. While they're going through the files, he sees something, and they download it, and he sees something that he wants to know more about. They look into it, and it looks that like you get to see the scope of what the Klingons are planning to do, and that it is such an egregious affront to the Empire's, to Galron, right. and the Empire's honor, that then he feels all of the sudden that he is not dishonored by Galron's 
but Galron cannot de- take away his honor. Well, I guess that's when he my is point. acting so dishonorably. I see, th- and so he realizes yes. that that, and so then he gets filled with purpose. Then that his job will be to subvert the dishonor of Galron of this of this mission. Yeah, and then he can have a refocusing of what honor is. I, I saw that as like, I, I even thought of that when I was watching it, but when I, when I was watching it, I was like, by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm actually, and it would be great if they had gone that way, but I was like, you know what? I'm okay if they don't do that because that feels like, that's like the adventure story of that's how like, Oh, that's like the Brazil like, oh, I'm going to go off and be the hero and save the day and then be redeemed at the end. Uh, if you want the hard story, then, like, Worf should kill this fucker and then, like, throw him into a trash compactor and not, like, they kill each other and, like, only Worf knows that he killed him. And that would be better than just wiping his memory if only Worf could do it and saving yeah. his brother's life. What, what I liked is that Worf That's is at like, least you know performing what? his brother's wishes. Right. <laughs> I like that Worf is sacrificing his family but giving his brother, like, even if he doesn't know who he I- is, he can actually lead. A, I know a that you're in a family that loves him. I think that's what they want us to feel too. I think you're supposed to like that about it. I think that's yeah. what they were. Sh- I can see what they were striving for. I just feel like the, it was a miss in the third act. That's it. Maybe it's because uh, Nagra, the friend of their father's, sounded like Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One. He does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take him. Going to and I will break him as my son. He will be of the house of Nogra. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, wait a minute. I mean, this is like 20, 30 years before, but <laughs> that was funny. So to back up my play on my, you are Rodek. Hear to, me. to, to bring in, to bring in reinforcements of my, uh, that this is a bad idea. Uh, to go against you, Wade. Ronald D. Moore agrees. Everyone in the writer's room, but Ronald D. Moore and Iris Stephen Bear hated the idea. Really? Yes. Yes. Everyone tried to talk him out of it. Try to talk both of them out of it. Yeah, because everybody else likes their clean, happy endings, but not Ronald this D. Moore. Is, no, I'm saying that if he <laughs> killed him, it's a better ending. I'm saying oh. that it's not a, it's not sad. I thought it was sad. It's a, it's a moral crime. They perform, they perform a moral crime. It kind, yeah, against Kern, and that's not cool. And everybody, every, yeah. They bind together as a community to commit a moral crime. Right. Yes. They get the whole ship involved. That's what was so weird about it, is that everybody's involved all of a sudden, and there's no actual discussion about the ethics of it. Like, there's no discussion about anything. Yeah, that is weird. They're just like, like you said, Bashir's like, are we going to do this or something like that? I don't know. I think that you're supposed to think that there's a conversation in the wings where Bashir tells this to Cisco. And Cisco says, this is all right. I don't... They're not I, killing him? Okay, it's not This murder. is not my <laughs> no, conception just... of Benjamin Cisco. Like that... Yeah, you're right. And Ronald D. Moore tries to, like, mealy-mouth it by saying that he wrote a scene where they explained it to Kern, and Kern said, that's... Fu- See, but that but that's not in the fucking episode. Yeah. And yeah. so... Yeah. I, it really does need that scene. I agree, yeah. And even then, it's still not... I don't know... He should have just said, I'm fine. Tell your friends I'm fine. I'm fine. And put me on a, like, a, like give me a ship. And then I'll, I'll float off by myself. And then you beam on there. And then you fucking kill me. Right. And then you beam back. And nobody knows what happened. But that- See, but that's the, that's the thing. Worf, by the end of it, has 
if he, but that conflicts with Worf's kind of journey in the story where he's like, you know what? I've, I've learned this about myself now. I am no longer fully Klingon. I can't go, I can't go back to Kronos or anything. I have Federation values now. I can't kill my brother. That's, that's the conundrum that Worf is in. Like, it's like, oh, I did it now. I was right. But now I can't, I can't do that anymore. If he were able to be, fully cling on anymore at the end of this episode, I would agree with you. He should have gone off and kill him. But Worf's whole arc in this thing is like that he can't do that anymore. So the only thing he can do is take all agency from his brother and wife is mine, now, which is uh, bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But okay. All of that could make sense if Worf was, uh, if Worf was an atheist to the Klingon religion, but he's not because he panics when his brother tries to commit suicide and he panics not because his brother's going to die, but because he's going to break the cosmic core. rules. Right. You won't go to Stovacor. Right. You'll, you'll go to the shit. Yeah, you'll yeah. go to the shit. Oh, well, here's the and, thing. About, and, and his brother's like, at least I'd be with other Klingons. Yeah, that's true. But the, yeah. the thing is, James keeps on saying this would have been better if, if he could actually just kill him. But he can't, Worf can't be creative in how he kills him. He has to do it the ceremonial way way correctly i mean he has to get the damn the room to smell a certain way you know he almost fucked up pork over that (laughs) so he i mean everything has to be just so for this thing to go off in the eyes of their religion or whatever and yeah so in a sense it's almost like I'd see if it even as Worf is still religious at the end, but he's still got these Federation values. There aren't there Federation values other than don't kill. He can't kill his brother, so he's like, "Well, my brother's innocent in this. I'm taking, I'm taking the sin. I will go to the the bad place, and my brother will be okay. I'll take his sin on myself and make a whole Jesus thing out of it. Or like, I'll sacrifice my own Stovacor for my brother to be able to go." Now that he thinks he's this other Klingon I, I, and then, I, of the House of Korog. The weakness Nogra. of this argument that you're putting forth is that I see no values at all in what Klorf is doing. He's ending. Well, he's saving his brother's life. I see a lot of value in that. He sees value in life. He's come around. That's to not see- his brother's life. No. I was, that's not his brother's life. His brother's happy. His brother becomes another person. That's not true. Well, I he mean, steals his brother's life. He de- uh, well, that that's like your opinion. <laughs> it's still his brother is still alive. He just thinks he's so, he's just got amnesia, and he you know like I couldn't I, mean, I, not, I not to get better. into a spiritual, but who are you if it who are you if it's not the sum total of your memory? If you ask me, would I rather kill my brother or give him amnesia where he doesn't know who I am or who he is? I'd take the latter. I don't know. That's not. So this was a good solution for Worf. This is a good solution for Worf in the end. Not a good solution for Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing. No. That's the crux of our argument here, is that this solution suits the Federation and Worf, but it is a fucked up thing for Kern to have to deal with. I mean, it's a fucked up thing. Yeah, it's a fucked up thing for Kern, because this is not what he wanted. Right. Yeah, well, that's my point. And then if if Kern did want it, it's because he looked at it as a... Kern just wanted his honor back. Even at the end, he's not angry at his brother. He's like, brother, I love you. You know, no, I wish no one had ever separated the sons of Moog. And Worf is like, that is one thing I can agree on. <laughs> but that's before he does the solution. That's before he gives the solution. Like, he doesn't tell him what they're going to do. Then. Yeah. So, I mean... Right. But the whole time, Kern is, is playing the submissive to his brother. He's like, 
brother, I'm in your hands. Do whatever whatever you say goes now because you're the elder brother. And then Worf makes a decision. And that's not a moral justification. Well, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's fucked up. I'm agreeing with you on that. But I'm not saying that he should have killed him. He will, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it would have been nice if they'd found other solutions around it or if he just refused to kill him and Kern just lived on the station for and came back every like as like you know half the I, I would I, love to see Tony Todd every now and then yeah uh, settled down married a nice Dabo girl <laughs> right oh and maybe just to close out this whole kind of maybe we should all go back to an old standby of the podcast and just do a quick how would we fix this episode oh man well I, all right I'll make it easier by bowing out of this exercise because I have no idea how to fix it like I've been thinking about this all day because right. I feel like they were painted into a corner from like the first act right mm. right where we knew that they couldn't they couldn't kill him that was abundantly clear but you know yeah you know mind wiping it i didn't feel like that was i guess maybe fix it by saying like having kern agree to it yeah yeah that might be the easiest fix all right yeah yeah that's kind of part of mine or maybe it was his idea yeah. Yeah. So then, like, you're not trying to like right. con him into the dumb idea, <laughs> right? Right. You're right. not trying to sell him yeah, a, yeah. a reverse I mean, mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, hey, they've got this thing called a lobotomy now. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going door to door, telling out opportunities to erase your brother's memories. <laughs> oh, oh, I just got a new thing I would do with it. Okay. All right. All right what would you uh, do, Wade? Okay. So what is right. it? Well, I have a couple of solutions. Like one, if we're going with the episode we have, I would just throw in the extra scene where he makes a choice about it. Also, maybe turn it into a uh, um, glass menagerie situation where Worf wow. regrets giving his brother the lobotomy. Um, but but I understand the problem is like okay the the ongoing solution maybe the best way to do it if from a producer's perspective they were finally like hey you know what we we got the money we can afford to put Candyman as as a regular. <laughs> then, but the, I think that's the big problem here. It's like, yeah, we can only afford Tony Todd for one episode, so it's one and done. So with you can't make him recurring. I like, I don't have as big a problem with the mind wipe, but you need to throw in a, a scene where, like you said, where he has consents to it. But then, yeah, you bring him in if he if you can afford to make him a regular, you bring him on as the suicidal, depressive brother of Worf. And then it's a slow story of him learning how to rebuild his life. And and since the show is all kind of pitching Federation morals and like the show does great as giving alien Klingon and Ferengi perspectives and whatnot. But, yeah, we're kind of pitching a humanist utopia kind of thing to where over time you get to bring on Kern as a new alien that learns the same stuff that all the other aliens are learning about how to be human. And he comes, you know. Maybe falls in love with a Daba girl, though that will get played out. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's a well that they would be going to too often at that point. Well, yeah, but yeah, you do. Over. I, I see what you're saying. Just like f- find a connection, a relationship, maybe an, an, an unexpected place. Yeah, you you find him and st- not don't make him go back to save the Klingon Empire. Just make him come to grips with how to live differently when your whole worldview falls apart. That there's other places. You know, that rebirth is possible without wiping your mind and going somewhere else. <laughs> James? I don't know. I like the I like the culture clash. And so I, I would 
I think maybe I would actually have at the end him realizing that he's distant from the that that Worf is distant from the Klingon thing and that he's wronged his brother and his brother is just fucking miserable mm-hmm. because of all of these re- issues and so he goes to Worf he goes to Kern and he says that you know if I see that you, how, how much you're suffering and I'm willing to do this and then Kern having spent like this episode on the ship and realizing what it means and that he's probably going to lose everything that he's worked for then Kern sort of balances what is honor mm. And like what? That's like what? Yeah. Like that. That Worf is willing to sacrifice the rest of his life to do this one thing for his brother. Oh yeah. And that by by willing to do it, and by telling us, and by a, we've now at this point seen him try to do it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and agree to come back and do it again. That Worf is serious about doing it, even though now Tony Todd sees the full scope of sacrifice that that would mean, because Worf himself is dishonored. Right from the Klingon world, that all that Mo or all that Kern knows, the the House of Vogue is still fucked. Right, right. And now the his other life would be fucked too. But he's willing to do that for his brother. That that is an honor. That there is that that there's somehow that something's fucked up in the Klingon ethics uh, ethical structure. Ethics, ethics. And so <laughs> that Kern has Here that realization. Giving me the high hat. <laughs> so that there is not. I don't know. He could even say, "I'm just like spitballing here." That there is no dishonor with us the dishonor lies with others yeah and at that way you could go off and then like not only that but not only do you have the prospect of tony todd coming back which he doesn't unfortunately guys yeah Uh, (laughs) but you have the prospect of uh, uh, tony todd out there existing trying to bring down the fucked up elements of the klingon empire and trying to be on this him and tom Riker are off somewhere on a farm <laughs> yes <laughs> trying chasing, to save the d- chasing rabbits <laughs> although this is a uh, this is an interesting plot string you could pull for your wharf uh palace intrigue show yes my my, my, my where my, somebody my, uncovers a secret of like where his brother's been stashed away yes emperor my emperor wharf story yeah so, right. <laughs> um, a skeleton yeah, tony so todd that, is his definitely a skeleton in his closet now right as far as the Klingons are concerned oh yeah yeah that is true that is true so you have all of that and that basically what that does is that changes Tony Todd's wishes and so you don't have like because the biggest problem is is that Kern still wishes to die (laughs) right And so you still have that yeah and so you need to change that's the thing that needs to change right and so I think that that's what you would do is that you have that as like like you actually talk about like what the fuck is honor here? Like there is no honor in what you're what we're being asked to do for the sake of honor. And so that's that's how you fix it. We're not wrong, they're wrong. I like that. <laughs> yes. Because that's the yeah. the truth. Which is what Worf says that in this episode, but it just never sinks yes, in. Yes, he does. But he doesn't but by by Worf willing to sacrifice his, his by, life for that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that that that's a show of of, that's a that's a commitment to his brother. Yeah, that makes his brother realize the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that that's probably what. I mean. All right. Right before we end this, though, can I just point out that uh, like at the end, he goes, "I have no family." Yes. He says that yeah. to to Kern. Well, he's um, got a son. He's got a fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I forgot about his kid. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was like a You're mistake right. they're they're trying to like correct for years. <laughs> I, forgot, I, told, I was like, oh man, that was real heavy. Yeah. How he had the fa- You're, I totally forgot about Alexander. You're Cut right. to Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> Just crying. My fucking dad sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> my, yeah, like, <laughs> why haven't you written me a letter, Papa? <laughs> oh, I forgot they are Russian. <laughs> They're Russian, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a Minsk. Oh, because does he? Do they talk about him eating borscht? Does he likes prune juice? Is borscht a part of it? I don't remember. He really liked a Russian we'll, diet. We'll, we'll find out, won't we? Or will we? Oh, yes, we'll. we will. <laughs> or I, we'll see. We'll see him again. All right. So rewatch a meter. <sighs> Hughes low. Yeah, I probably. Well, I probably don't want to revisit the misery of this episode. So probably like a two. I mean. Oh, wow. It's a fine episode. I just don't want to like kick see, back and watch somebody try to get ki- like commit suicide for 42 minutes or whatever i mean and that that's fair like for me i mean i i'll probably forget about the suicide part and be like tony todd that's what i was gonna say Kern, oh sign me up and then i watch it and then i'm bummed out at the end ah okay well what do you put it at what number do you put it I'll at Put it at a nine. you'd really want to okay james where would you where tony would Todd's you put great. this i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it as eight because i'm docking off for that dumbass ending all right but um <laughs> and that's gonna be not fun to watch but the scenes between tony todd and Worf are electric, and the scenes between Dax and Worf are pretty not bad. Too. All right, yeah. So oh oh, and then oh, we forgot the end of the B plot. They <laughs> they get right. all the mines and they blow them up and say <laughs> fuck you Klingons, pretty, and the Klingons are like oh shit. That's a pretty they, satisfying thing to watch too. Yeah yeah uh, yeah. And then they book it for home. And you guys yeah. want to guess what the good people of IMDb were what where they rate this episode? Who wants to go first? Eight. 8.2. I know it's a little bit controversial, so I'm going to go that it's in the sevens. I'm gonna, I don't know how controversial. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to say 7.4. This is uh, 654 people voted, which is a pretty average for season four. And it's a 7.3. <laughs> All right. Man, my, I have, my, my average is low. Okay, I'm going to say I'm not, I'm not cheating. At all, but with with uh, listen, listen. But with all of these, with season four on Memory Alpha, it's my job to go read through the whole all the like ephemera of Memory Alpha. They have a lot of context about fan reaction where they didn't before, uh, yeah. and so it's I'm being able to sort of monitor that. And I know that to Put play an asterisk for your, all your steroid well, usage. No, I'm not cheating. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm getting all of this infusion about the writers. And I think it's because it's season four and everybody's a lot more proud of it. So they're a lot more yeah, pissy yeah. about right. the things that are negative. Right. So. so there's a lot more outcry. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit. So that's helping me a little bit. I'm sorry. No. But I try to bring all that to the show. But it's <laughs> no, good no, stuff. Like, keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> next next week is uh, a pretty amazing episode. I watched it today, and uh, it's called Bar Association. And there is some unionizing on the station. Ooh. It's good stuff. All right, it's yeah. important. Like uh, it's all pivotal. right, comrade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call me out on it. So we'll have fun. All right, hold on to your butts. All right. <laughs> Well, I guess this is the part of the show where we move along to... Move along whom? Oop, shit. <laughs> but we weren't raised together in the Empire. On Earth, it wouldn't have mattered. But the sons of Morg should have never been separated. On that, we both agree. All okay. right, so we're going to... We went long today, and we're going to uh, forego the voicemails. And, uh, Discovery Home Companion's real tiring, so that bit some more in somewhere else. And, you know, but keep calling in 917-408-3898.
Email us at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash kickers of elves for all the extra stuff. All the, and all the other stuff. Review us on iTunes and do all, all right. That. Well, thanks again for listening. Hopefully uh, you'll join us next week. Read to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. We are going to go 20 minutes on medical ethics, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs>